0: Illustrious King Julian self-proclaimed Lord of the Lemurs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of King Julian Podcast. I am your host as always, Julian Owens, and today I brought some two people that always I do movies with. Uh, you know, I try not to have this as a movie podcast because I already have that, but you know, I think this is kind of warranted after what everybody's been seeing already. So without further ado, guys, let me introduce the team. Uh, first off, my co-host off of Mad Night Talk, Johnny Lightfoot. Johnny, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. All right. and. My other co-host, who also is a guest occurrence on Matinee Talk, who also has a show with the Art Chair Fist with my co-host, Johnny Lifefoot, Brett Leipziger. Brett, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well.
1: All right, guys. Well, yeah, we're going to get into it because I feel like this is going to be a very long conversation. And as I said, you guys know, I love movies too much. Uh, I'm a fucking movie nerd, let's be honest. Um, but I feel like, again, this was a conversation I needed to have because, to be honest, when I fun about this last week i kind of freaked the fuck out I'm not gonna lie to you guys i freaked out um for those who were living under the cave last week um just to kind of explain warner brothers did a bold fucking move last week they basically said along with wonder woman 1984 17 films that will be releasing through late 2020 because of wonder woman 84 and 2021 slate will be releasing on HBO Max and theaters at the exact same time. Those movies include The Little, Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Reminiscence, Malignant, Dune, Many Saints in New York, King Richard, Cry Michael, and one of the movies I've been anticipating all next year and waiting to go to the movies was The Matrix 4. All of these movies will be releasing at the exact same time. The only catch, and I mean only catch that will be there for HBO Max will be that you only have it for a month. These movies will be released for a month and you'll have until watching it on HBO Max to watch it for that month before it has to go off. Now, before we get into topics, I just have to say one thing really quick. The company that's been pissed off about all of this going on, unfortunately, is one of the biggest movie chains of the world, AMC. AMC did release a statement that basically said, and I quote, these coronavirus impact um, coronavirus impacted times are uncharted waters for all of us, which is why MC signed to an HBO Max exception for customary practices for one film only, Wonder Woman 1984, being released by Warner Brothers at Christmas when the pandemic appears that it will be at its height. However, Warner now hopes to do all this for their 2021 20, theatric movies, despite the likelihood that the vaccines is right around the corner and the theater business is expected to recover. Now, before I get into how I feel about this. I brought you guys on because I feel like we've been talking about this on Mad Talk a lot, Johnny and Brett. We've been talking about it in and out of certain conversations. This is a very bold fucking move coming from Warner Brothers. Um, Whoever wants to go first, please, what are your thoughts on this? And we'll talk about Impact later, but yeah, what are your initial thoughts about this move from Warner Brothers?
0: I mean, for me, it, it was crazy because we were having all of this kind of goodwill I think just as a society that the vaccine was coming yes that it seemed like cool like the vaccine was getting shipped before the end of the year and that you know mass public was going to start to get this vaccine you know kind of mid um 2021 and you know so you're like okay you know back to life by the summer summer blockbusters summer
1: and fall yeah We're,
0: you know and especially you know for us you know movie guys we you know live in a theater I think uh at least one day a week <laughs> uh It kind of felt like, okay, summer, we're going to be back. We'll see our big blockbusters on on the um, big screen. And for me, right away, I was like, I'm not going to see any of these movies on a big screen, probably. Unless, like, the theaters have back to their, like, subscription models. This is going to be so easy to watch. It's like, (laughs) why? Yeah.
2: I mean, I I have a good sound system. I got a great TV. Like, why would
1: I? Spend $20 or... In I mean, some and yeah, yeah, like,
2: yeah, if we get back to the subscription service, then of course, like, I feel like in the theater is the way you're supposed to view this kind of stuff, especially, you know, the blockbusters, the Matrix, mm-hmm. Godzilla, Kong, Dune, like, I want nothing more than to be able to experience those theatrically. But yeah, unless I'm back to like a $20 a month, and I can go whenever I want. I'm watching them at home. There's because zero, I, zero I already, chance I'm going to see I, these in the theater. I mean, with my AT&T subscription, I have HBO Max for free. For free. Yeah. yeah. Why why go spend between myself and my now fiance? That's $25 in tickets. And then you're talking about food and all, all of that. And I'm like, God, it's you know, it, going to the movies is expensive. Yes. Even by yourself, yes. it's expensive.
1: And to, so, oh, go ahead. So,
2: yeah. I mean, unless subscriptions are back,
1: nah. I'm watching them at home. See, and to your guys' point, what's so crazy is I watched two movies in Alamo Draft Tiles during the pandemic. Um, one was Tenant, and the other was The New Mutants. And for both times, I spent about $100. Mm-hmm. About $100. Easy. Yeah. Easy on this, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's it's. Free, it's crazy to me that you know I had to spend that before even stepping foot into the Alamo Draft House, right? Um, So I had to sit there and wonder, okay, was this a good idea or not? Okay, cool. But like you like you guys are saying...
2: And then I, somebody coughs,
1: and you're I'm, like... I'm like, oh, hell no. Oh. <laughs> somebody did that in New Mutants, and I'm just like, oh, I might have to get the hell out of here. Like, you know, I'm just... You know, it's just all of that going on. And for me, I, I completely agree with you guys. Because for me, we as Johnny and Brett, we all talk about it. We've had the, you know, Alamo season pass. You got pay $2, what, for a ticket for ourselves, right? And I used to watch most of these movies by myself. I still do. So it's like not a problem for me to go spend $2 on transaction fees to go watch a movie once a week. And I was getting to the point where I'm watching almost a movie once a week, almost once every 10 days, right? right. Now, you're telling me not only is Elmo Draft still not doing a season pass, AMC is still not doing *Stubs* a list. You want me to go watch all these movies in the risk of and, catching and pandemic? I'm catching coronavirus. We can get them same day. What? I'm sorry, I'm taking the la I'm taking the former. And on top of the same day, I thought it
0: was it was very interesting in the last like week or so it came out that like. You know, I think everybody had been waiting for HBO and HBO Max to offer their content in 4K. Yes. And it's finally happening. Like finally this was the thing that that finally made them have to get this, you know, content out in, you know, yeah, 4K, uh Dolby. Um so it's it they they're they're just give giving all the crown jewels to us and it's it sucks for the theatrical experience. Like I again, like I love seeing a movie in the theater. It's where <laughs> where I'm most comfortable watching a movie because um, you just, you don't have that, you know, I, I think there's a great chance to, I'm going to be watching Dune at the end of 2021 and I'm going to pause it in the middle of the movie, go take a restroom break, check my phone.
1: That's not that's not the mean, way Denny that, wanted
2: me to watch it. Well, and see, that's the thing that I regret most about. I told you all about my Mank experience last night. <laughs> yes. If I would have gone to the theater to watch Mank. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have mattered how late it was. Right. I would have been sitting through the whole thing. I might have bolted out real quick for one restroom break, but last night it's just like
0: I—I I, I, I really like what <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm, I'm really like what I'm watching. But at the same time, I'm laying down on the couch. I got a fire going,
1: <laughs> a blanket. So I'm like, yeah. I am not like, Yeah, and, and you know
0: what? You can watch it. Tomorrow at no extra cost. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there available and for it, you.
2: And that's the thing too that worries me about uh you know, about this stuff is, you know, with Wonder Woman dropping on Christmas Day, uh, myself and my fiance, we were already talking about doing like a double feature after we go do like Christmas dinner with my family, and I'm like, Am I am I gonna make it? Like <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be able to do four hours on Christmas day after doing
1: like dinner and family stuff? But if I went to a
2: theater, I it wouldn't would be, be, I would be engaged. Mm-hmm. So
1: I was just going to say, um, this is a this is a Christmas tradition for my family, right? One of my favorite traditions is going to the theaters mm-hmm. at late at the evening after everything's said and done.
0: We all have the same traditions because <laughs> we're moving people. <laughs>
1: right. I've been doing this since 2010 with Tron Legacy. And it's crazy that I can say that. Like with Tron Legacy... Was the first movie we did Christmas, uh, uh, Christmas theatrical release. Has been doing it for ten years running. This is going to be the first year, like I said, in ten years where I'm not going to be able to do that. But to your point, if I was in the theater watching Soul or Wonder Woman 1984, this would not be an issue. I but, wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't pause it. You wouldn't
2: go take bathroom breaks. You wouldn't get distracted by your animals.
1: No. At all. I'll be sitting there watching it with my cousins, telling them to shut the hell up while I'm watching this movie, right? And now we're at a point now where, like you said, after all of that errands, all of going to all of my family's houses, going, eating all this food, opening up presents, making sure, like, my family's fine, and then at nine o'clock, I'm now going to be like, okay, let me put in two movies that's going to run me until <laughs> two o'clock in the morning.
0: Well,
2: I don't, it, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's different when you're in the theater. I mean, you and I, and I was talking to our mutual friend Ben the other night about this, but like we used to have like every Thursday night, we, we were went to movies. the movies. Yeah. And we didn't go until like 10 o'clock because without a doubt, me or him were closing down the place. Yes. So we always went late. And, you know, it's never an issue when you're in the theater because you're engaged. Mm-hmm. And with this, while. On one hand, I'm really excited about it. And it is kind of like a big change in direction for a studio to do this. And I think other studios will start pulling the same thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like,
0: gosh, am I going to watch Dune all the way through? It just, it changes also how, you know, I think we're, we're also just not like kind of, you got, dumb your, cell viewers. Pho- you like, got your cell phone. We like... want to, like, analyze the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, this isn't just blockbuster films. There's films here that are Oscar-level pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, Judas in Judah's the, Black the Black Messiah. It's Black one, of my, Messiah.
1: one of my movies that I'm really waiting to see with uh, Daniel Kaluuya as um, being Fred Hampton. Cry Absolutely. Macho.
0: Yeah, you're going to have yeah you know, there's an Angelina Jolie movie in there um with Taylor Sheridan. Um, and then
1: you have the Will Smith um acted, not directed and produced King Richard King about Richard, you know the Williams sisters.
0: Bla- a blacklist script like Yes. Um you have the the prequel to Sopranos in there like these are Oscar level movies and then and then of course Doom which you know might be an Oscar level movie that you know it's tough to release an Oscar level movie at home like you yes. just you don't take it in the same way and i mean you know going back to
2: denny villeneuve's you know film arrival mm. like seeing that in the theater perfectly fully engaged Beautiful. and i own it i own it on 4k disc Any anytime i've ever watched it at home i've never Passed watched out. it all the way through i pass right. out at least in the halfway. through. as amazing as that film is at home,
1: it's not the same. It's not the same, and I'll agree. Same thing with his other film, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm-hmm. I I can't watch it fully. Like it's either you gotta catch me in the middle of the day when I'm running errands or when I'm cleaning around the house so I can watch it, or if you're watching me at night, I have to get the last hour in when he meets um, Harrison Ford, or I'm passing out in the middle of the movie. And I feel like that's what the movie. That's where. I feel like a lot of movies are getting into, and for instance, we're gonna go into this a little bit before we talk about like other studios' responses, because we're recording this on a Sunday, uh, December seventh, not on um, not on Thursday, like I usually release these. So it's it's interesting to see that because one film, not films, well, can we call them? Yeah, we'll call them a film studio. One film studio that does this, I guess, decently well for now is Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. For the last. Three years? Is it three years when they have an Oscar-worthy film? I think it's been three years. Um, They've had, you know, Roma. They had Irishman. Now they have Mank. They've kind of created that formula where, okay, yeah, we're going to release this film in the holidays that you can be able gonna, to watch.
2: Yeah, we're going to do one prestige film right.
1: every year around the holidays. That you can sit and watch. But you will still have the option to go see it in theaters, right? Right. But... It's not in a situation where, you know, a pandemic's happening. But with Meg now, you kind of had to deal with that, right? And depending on how Meg does in the performance of the box office, I think that's where I feel like Netflix is going to start going, okay, I don't think it's necessary to do this release anymore. We're just going to stream it and go from there. Specifically, how the Oscars, which is a whole different conversation, how the Oscars kind of changed their way they're doing the release window and how you can release your films. So... It kind of helps coincide with that. But when you're talking about Warner Brothers, when you're talking about Disney, when you're talking about MGM and Sony and all of them, the big powers that be that actually still do traditionally release films, it's kind of hard for them to do that now, now that the fact that not all of them have a platform like Warner Brothers or Disney. Peacock, even though Peacock is out there now, I don't see Universal doing this blowing shit. But hey, this like I said, this is Sunday, we, I'm releasing this on Thursday, so if any news changes, <laughs> I, we wouldn't know. But it's going to be interesting to see how they would be able to navigate that. But I don't. I think that this was the precursor because we talked about this on Nate Talk Johnny. Depending on how Tenant was going to perform in the box office, it was how Warner Brothers was going to move moving forward. And unfortunately, Tenant underperformed terribly. Well, it's it's a great question now, like. If this
0: if this works for Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers, yeah, what's their relationship with Christopher Nolan moving forward?
1: Who cool.
0: because this would absolutely this, this, kill would, this him. would
1: destroy him.
0: Yeah, he, he he would not be okay with this.
1: I I think, and uh, that's that's what we're gonna talk about in the, uh, like later on in the podcast, or we can have this discussion now. I feel like future filmmaking and the future experience of movie theaters is at stake. To be completely honest with both of you guys. Because, like you said, when you have films like Christopher, I mean, if directors like Christopher Nolan, I thought David Fincher was that way, but he has a, pl- a contract deal with Netflix, so that's why it's the case with that. But when you have these big name directors that want their films released in theaters, who have these IMAX cameras that need to be seen on the theaters and have that theater experience with the audio, because unfortunately, not many of us are privileged enough to have you know, a big surround sound system where we can be able to feel the boom that the directors intend. It kind of starts hitting on creativity for those directors because it's now like, again, which I think is going to be bold if Disney does it, what are you going to do for Black Widow? Because Black Widow is that big, popping, big budget film that, you know, well, Disney mean, wanted.
0: I mean, Disney Disney did it already i mean that like certainly you know they did it for mulan yeah and then you know soul they le- they learned a lesson with mulan. they
1: learned with mulan though.
0: right yeah. and now with soul they're going to release that on christmas no extra cost and you would have thought soul is going to be a movie that they release and makes 800 million dollars absolutely um which i like one of my fire takes right now is looking at this warner brothers slate I, like certainly one of the things you look at with Warner Brothers is that they're owned by T and these and t HBO Max numbers were a little under what I think the shareholders wanted those at mm-hmm. and certainly it was
2: just, a lot, uh, a great. lot of
1: it was on them yeah it was because just it they was weren't on
2: enough devices
0: yeah and yeah it's it still
1: was, and I was gonna say to your point it's still not on Amazon fire sticks or Roku so it, if it did go to Amazon yeah it just did okay
0: but then it, it's not on the Biggest uh, holiday gift of the year. It's not on a PlayStation 5 right now, which <laughs> is driving me insane. It's still not
1: on your gaming it, consoles, though. It, it's right. not on Roku. Right, so it's okay. still not
0: on Roku. Um, but yeah, so looking at the slate, one thing I'm looking at is uh, Godzilla versus Kong.
1: That would instantly, I hate to say it, it would have instantly made almost a billion dollars worldwide.
0: Well, well, no, but. The last Kong movie made less money than the Godzilla movie, I think. And I believe right. that those those movies are trending down in terms of what they're making. Matrix is an old-ass property now. Like, that was 12 years ago? 15 years ago? More than that? Uh, Actually, 2003. 2003, <laughs> 17, years, 17 years, ago. years ago. So it's not like they're going to have the numbers that they had well, with Matrix you, 2 and you, 3.
1: But, but you, you do have the... Keanu Reeves' Renaissance. Right, you have the Renaissance of Keanu Reeves going on right now. So, but it is could it a billion be. dollar movie? It,
0: it, and then I look at something like Dune, hard sci-fi. Is that a billion dollar movie?
1: So wait, hold on. Let me let me say this really quick about Keanu Reeves and Matrix Four. I I would argue it could be. Like I said, a potential billion dollar movie. Reason why? Because if you would have asked me this five years ago, I would tell you hell no. Mm-hmm. But Keanu Reeves has been in three of the biggest films in the last two years, right? Um, John Wick Chapter 3, we're talking about Toy Story 4, we're talking about mm-hmm. um, what's that movie that he was in in Netflix, Always Be My Maybe, that was a really big hit for Netflix. So, I would argue maybe, but I don't know if having only one of the Wachowski sisters doing this film by herself mm-hmm. without the other sister, I think that's where the issue is gonna come in. But, to your point, Dune, um, Dilly, well, go ahead.
2: A lot of it's gonna depend on like critical reception as well. Yeah. Because I, I don't I, I'm know. like those last two matrix movies outside of them doing some interesting stuff for 2003 in terms of technology, the actual story Are terrible. was bad. And you're like, where do you go from there?
0: and and that, so that was kind of my thing is I, I kind of like, Are you right mad? away I look at that slate. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to get all these movies at home. Then I'm kind of like looking at them. like, Outside of Suicide Squad, I don't know that these are movies that they're super comfortable with. That they're I, like,
1: oh, we got we, this. We got a yeah. banger. Yeah, so yeah. they don't have a joker
0: in there either. Right. Like, to your
1: point, like two weeks ago, and I was gonna say this, two weeks ago, when the I, I I'm sorry, all of you Tom and Jerry fans, that god-awful Tom and Jerry trailer came out. I was like, I'm I was sat there and thought to myself, this is gonna be a fucking worth like fucking movie to like grudge over in the movie theaters. i'm not spending my money on this shit i'll wait till it's on hbo max and like to your point like i'm like i i can't like even with like you said even though i feel like godzilla king of the monsters was decent not fantastic it's not as great as the 2014 film and kong score island it's a very unappreciative movie that's just my personal opinion kong godzilla versus kong I don't know if I would have spent $30 on it, depending on what the trailer looked like. I don't know if I would. Wonder Woman 1984, maybe. Dune, I would, but it's not going to make the money because, unfortunately, Denny hasn't made any really big blockbuster movie that made money. But everything else is just art films, to be honest with you. Well,
0: it's like, because the other thing that I think is is interesting to think about is, so something that Warner Brothers released, you know, I, I don't know what we're at now, but over a year ago was Joker. Yes. And Joker was modestly budgeted and made them just a, a ton, ton of money.
2: A, over a billion. Yes.
0: A ton of money for them. Is that mo- Is there it's a Joker there. on that slate? There Mm-mm. isn't. And it Mm-mm. doesn't look like it, and if there's not that, okay, well we don't have this, this movie now that's going to make us a ton of money.
2: Let's
1: get some subscribers.
0: Right. Right, exactly.
1: And I feel like Out of the 17 films, you probably have, what, five of those films that will be able to give you a big boost in subscribers, just in my personal opinion. Um, Again... This is a good list, don't get me wrong. Like this is a movie list that I was anticipating on. It's a,
0: it is a really fun, interesting slate.
1: Yes, absolutely. And with lin Manuel Miranda with his in the heights film about his one of his very first mm-hmm. Broadways, like you're gonna get your big numbers with musical guys who's gonna come in and watch that. Mm-hmm. Again, your sci-fi guys with Dune and Matrix Four. You're gonna get your superhero guys with Suicide Squad. And one movie and I, I had to I had to get upset about this side note was, where the hell is Batman? But then I remember Batman's in 2022, and they haven't said anything about 2022 just yet. But...
2: Uh, Yeah, I think the Batman, they're like... There's no no way. (laughs) No. There's no way.
0: Which, I mean, then just points you to, like, hey, well, at least we're maybe getting some movies at the beginning of the year that, like, are are of quality.
1: Right. (laughs) And so, with that being in mind, and I feel like that's where I was kind of skeptical. I was surprised at this when I saw this. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's going on? But now... Sitting on it, pondering on it for a couple of days now. I'm like, this is not a bad move. However, so we can shift gears just a little bit, guys. I want to ask, because we talked about, you know, okay, all these movies are movies that we probably wouldn't be spending money on if, like, there's no subscription going on. If we had to pay 20 almost $80 a month, I mean, $80 just to get in before we even see the film. With this being in mind, and now AMC is trying to combat all of these other films that's going on in the 2021 schedule... Where does movies go from here? Where does studios go from here? Because we kind of rendered on, like, you know, Christopher Nolan would be pissed about putting his film on digital release than anything. Where do you think... Well, and I kind of wonder, what, what do other filmmakers
2: think? Because obviously Fincher is cool with it being on a streaming platform. Scorsese, cool with it being on a s- streaming platform. But what about guys like Spielberg? Yes. Peter Jackson. Like, like what are they like? Where Are they like... Well no, I just won't release
1: my movie. I don't know. And that's and I guess that's the biggest thing is like I was like I was trying to hint at earlier, the create creativity that's gonna go into these films now, it's not like you're telling me that most of these like not most of them, but some of these creators now, these filmmakers, are in production right now, right? They're doing a film or they're doing some kind of project and now you get this news that Warner Brothers is saying, Hey, let's do it streaming. Well, how does that react to me? Like, what? I didn't want this to be a thing. What? Are you going to tell me that I have no choice in this matter, or what? Like, you know. I, I think I think you can look at that slate and outside of Denny,
0: for Dune, there's not that filmmaker there that Warner Brothers has to be nervous, nervous about, about, yeah, pissing off. Um, you know, and and there's not like you know like you know Bradley Cooper's follow up isn't isn't on the 2021 20, slate that's no. a, that's a 2022 movie um yeah the batman isn't there um so they don't have to worry about that franchise so it's a lot of filmmakers a lot of you know i think younger filmmakers um that might not have that power to be like you can't do this to my movie yeah um and <sighs> That's certainly, I think, then different when you you know you look at some of them the other like blockbusters at at, at the other major studios, and certainly you know if you're looking at like some, you know you know a company like Disney and kind of what what their answer to this is going to be. I think Disney just says, "Cool, these aren't as big as our movies."
1: And I was just going to say that because think of it: next year, The Eternals come out. Black Widow has been pushed back. That till then, um, and then you have the Aquafina. Uh, Disney Pixar film that's coming Disney film not Disney Pixar Disney film coming out also and they have another a couple of other big tempo films because there's another remake that's coming out next year as well I, I forgot the list for Disney I, I should have pulled it up but you got a big list from Disney coming out and I don't see and again I could be completely wrong because I didn't think Warner Brothers would do this I don't see Disney saying okay we're going to do the exact same thing right. and to your point with Mulan they learned their lesson mm-hmm. oh we we are putting you on a platform, but now you got to pay an additional thirty dollars to watch this film. Now you can watch Mulan for free now, and you can buy it on DVD. I think later this year, later it's, it's already out. It's already out. Okay, so I don't, I don't think Disney wants to tread those waters yet. The only other company that I think would might want to tread those waters was Universal, but I've seen what Universal is doing on Netflix, which is put all those I call them to video movies and <laughs> yep. put those on Netflix. So, like for instance. Um, that American Pie film with all the girls in it um, there's another terrible movie that's in it but the only movie that they didn't do that for or uh, movies that they didn't do that for was in the beginning like Invisible Man uh, well, Blumhouse well like,
0: well like the Blumhouse movies like yes. with Freaky you saw like Freaky had like a 30 day window yes you're just seeing that the, the window shrink which cool like if it's a 30 day window I think I'm still gonna go see a movie at Absolutely. a theater before um, w- when the case where it's day and date like I'm, I'm staying home Um, and if I could just backtrack, there is one filmmaker on this Warner Brothers list that has two films, uh, attached to it. And I think we recognize him as, as kind of now one of the, um, torchbearers of Warner Brothers and that's James Wan. He's got, he got the fourth Conjuring movie on there and then his new movie Malignant Malignant, is on there as well. That's real interesting. And I'd love like. Horror movies are are where studios make money. You make money. Usually you're making a horror movie for, you know, five, five to $20 million. And then you those things make, make, make $100 investment. million dollars yes. hand over fist every time, even if it's crummy. Huge and, profit. And, and Juan makes great horror movies. And he's got two on the slate for 2021. And they're still doing day and date with those. I would love to know how James Wan feels about this and what his contract is like. Because with a lot of these guys, like, they would get back end on this, like, is Warner Brothers going to pay you for your back end, or are they giving you See, a little little Christmas bonus? Right, like,
1: that's the issue. How does the financials on this work? That mm-hmm. is driving me nuts. Because down. that was going to be my biggest thing, right? So like how Netflix does it, and not not saying that they're right. Like it's their actual numbers. They just tell you this this shit. Um, you know, they say okay, this project came out, and we have bumped this many subscribers up. We bumped. This much of activity Mm -hmm. going on, stuff like that. Yeah, they never
2: give you the full numbers. No,
1: they never give you the numbers. Just say, oh, well, this boosted up. This was number one. This is how many. This is. We got to gain a lot of subscribers, like over 130 something percent. Like, okay, I don't know what your numbers are, so I don't know what the fuck that means. Now with HBO Max, now you're going to be telling them. So, for instance, let's use "Devil you, Made Me Do It." You, what do you What do you tell right. the What do you tell the filmmaker? Right, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, let's use uh, "Devil Made Me Do It" as an example because let's be honest, everybody's gonna watch "Devil Made Me Do It," uh, the, the fourth Conjuring film, right? So, you know, let's say for instance, HBO Max gets about let's I'm highballing it here half a million subscribers for, for boat boost for HBO Max, right? And so that means 15 dollars. That's half a billion. I mean, half a billion. You're looking at almost like couple of billion dollars off of that, right? Just off of that month specifically. Now we're talking about, okay, because you helped boost this for HBO Max, are you getting back in off of those new subscribers? Are you going to still only just get the money that you're getting in the box office? Because let's be honest, like we are saying, most of us guys who watch films, we're not going to go and do this right now. Like, I'm not going to go watch the movie for free on HBO Max and then go pay uh, almost $80 to go watch it in in, uh, Alamo Draft House. So, how are you going to compensate them? And I agree with you. Is it going to be a Christmas bonus? Because that's the only logical thing I could think of. It's like, oh, well, here's your bonus, like an extra meal or what? I don't know. And I would love to see how that would react for them. And I,
0: I bet, like, it's not like the filmmakers have access to all this metadata no. from HBO Max. like and t won't give it to them. No, nah, that's like guarded secrets. So, like, they're not going to be able to go like, hey, you got, you got, you know, 125,000 more subscribers the week my movie got released who all watched the movie the first day, like they are not going to get access to those numbers. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's so much uncertainty there and, you know, just, you know, you know, kind of doing, doing the, the kind of Twitter journey of this and, you know, I'm trying to follow producers that are talking about this. It sounds like that this was a very unilateral decision from AT&T and Warner Brothers with no consideration to how the filmmakers felt about this. Um, So, you know, again, like you do have the guys like Bradley Cooper, um, Todd Phillips, you know, Christopher Nolan, who have been with Warner Brothers a while and are important assets to Warner Brothers. And now, you know, with a a guy like James Wan having two on the slate, like it is going to be interesting to see how they Perceive their relationship with that studio going into
2: 2022. Well, and then another interesting one is James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because with squad, he Yes, Disney. Now he's doing a WB and now they're dropping it on streaming and he's going back to Disney. So is he like, well, middle fingers to WB?
0: <gasps> I consider him more of just like a free agent. Like Warner Brothers was just able to like pluck him for a movie. And then I think he's like He's like, I'm comfortable being at home at at, 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 uh, at the Big Mouse house. Um, But, it, I mean, again, though, that is a movie. Like, The Suicide Squad is a movie that I guarantee a lot of his contract was back-end stuff. Like, Absolutely. he knew that that movie was going to make a billion dollars. And now it's like, well, <laughs> good luck. Because, I mean, what do you... Like, some of these blockbusters, what are they going to make at the at the box office? Like, $20 million,
1: So maybe? I was just going to yeah, say, maybe. I mean, that- if,
2: if Tenet does less than $100 million,
1: yeah, none of
2: these are doing. <laughs> and
1: see, crazy enough. Speaking of that, on Mad Nate Talk, and just for people who don't know, Tenet was the Christopher Nolan film with John David Washington, which Johnny and I both reviewed. We thought it was fantastic. In the United States alone, it only made what out of the two months? I think fifty million dollars, something like that. And Universal, like in the international, um, and in the international theaters, it was like two hundred million. Right, two hundred million. So it made almost quarter of a million, like almost about three hundred million dollars. Didn't and, make its money back. Right, it's still a. Financial bust. So now, which I think is what Warner Brothers is trying to do to save their pockets, in a sense, to say, okay, we know that this is going to be a bomb financially because of everything that's going on with the pandemic, which is beyond our control. How about we control it the way like Trolls World Tour did, how Scoob did, you know, all of those films that did direct to video was like, okay, now we can control the way we can release our own content and make our own profit. Because let's be honest, Trolls World Tour. Made more money than the original Trolls movie did just off of like POD. I mean, yeah, um, yeah directed yeah, that, video. That was, a, that was on like
0: it. one of the few very successful financial movies this year,
1: which is crazy to me that of all movies that we could say in 2020 that's a financial success was Trolls, right? <laughs> like Trolls of all movies, but and that's and that's why I feel like these movie chains just look directing it, It's like really scared. scared as fuck right now because let's be honest, AMC wow, right made numbers. this same kind of conversation months ago when Universal said we're gonna put trolls tour on direct video instead of in on theaters and they were like we're no longer going to be putting Universal films it, out there
0: it was crazy how how like kind of peacocky um, not, not not the streaming service <laughs> the the kind of adage of kind of how the theater change was kind of like well, okay well Universal we're just not going to show your movies anymore and now studios like you guys have zero leverage um, <laughs> we're not even sure that this is the future. Like you guys aren't in our financial consideration anymore. Like yes, we we, we don't own... even
2: have to share yeah. with you anymore. Yeah,
1: like
0: we we can own the whole kind of vertical integration of our pro- of our product. Like we don't need you guys anymore.
1: And that's what's so crazy to me because think like like I said, let's if we crack the numbers down for what happened in trolls. Trolls made what $300 million worldwide, right? Mm. Universal got what almost $100, $150 million of that because of dividends with the theaters. Off of the movie alone, it made what Universal gives us not the numbers that they want to give us, but what has been kind of reported they made about over $100 million just alone off of those sales, right? Because they only get 30 like thirty, like less than 30% off of the POD sales going to all the other retailers that does the streaming and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting to see. And like you said, I think this is now going to be a point where AMC, Cinemark, Regal, all of the big movie chains are going to have to figure shit out on how they're going to continue going. So before we talked, before we talked about this in the podcast, I talked about like how Alamo Drafthouse, because they're such a niche um, movie theater chain, they're not going to have this issue because they still have the gourmet food that they're still selling people. They still have the Mondo stuff was who they still partnered with selling posters, it's not posters, but artwork and like Mondo glasses, stuff like that at the Mondo, I mean, at the Alamo Draft House Theater. So films, theaters like that, they're still going to stay alive, I think, until 2022 comes out because they can keep themselves afloat for a little bit. But when you're AMC, when you're Regal and Cinemark, you're like, bro, whoa, 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 we need, hold we the need fuck the, up. We need the ticket sales. We need the concessions. <laughs> Like, yeah. we need bodies. And, unfortunately, you doing this is fucking up my business. What? So, like, AMC is not going to do the big heavy hammer saying, okay, we're no longer going to do Warner Brothers movies. What that statement told me is, hey, can we talk first? <laughs> can we have a conversation before you do something like
0: this? And, and it's, what these theater chains are going to need is blockbusters. They mm-hmm. need blockbusters. Um, and I think... For me, everything I'm kind of reading and feeling kind of with what we're going to see out of the movies coming out of the pandemic is it's going to be a little bit more difficult for the next, you know, maybe two year period for these studios to greenlight a major blockbuster because yes. the theater attendance just isn't going to be the same. So then what happens? OK, well, you're I think we start to get maybe the blockbuster moving from being a two hundred and fifty million dollar movie to like an 80 million dollar movie i agree and then when you have an 80 million dollar movie you don't really need the theater chain anymore we're
2: we're, yeah i mean we're going back to more of like your 80s and 90s Oh, we need to we need to rethink things and we need to say like hey we're putting a hard cap at like 70 80 million dollars on our Mm -hmm. blockbusters and if that means you need to figure out your practical effects or you need to pay actors less, whatever. Like that's what that's what's we're gonna moving have to towards. Yeah. Cause there, yeah. No more 150, $200, like, $200 million. Movies. And,
0: I, and I say that like, that's certainly not going to change. Like, you know, with Disney, like Disney can do what Disney does. There, There's people will come out for Marvel movies. Like Absolutely. there's, there's no doubt. Like Disney will keep, keep at what they're, what they're great at. But like, it's the other studios, like, you know, Paramount's and universals and Sony's like, are your Mission
2: like, Impossibles and your Fast and Furious
0: or Gun like, like, Maverick well, are you are, yeah. are you taking them to space now well it, <laughs> I think like because we're you know certainly they're they're filming the next two Mission Impossible movies but those were already on the books those were already red numbers they're um, budgeted yeah and you know the Fast and Furious movie that Universal say, has like the, that's already the, the, there it's the a red number one, that but what about
1: the 10th one you know but yeah.
0: I'm more I'm more you know I don't know if it's worry but like looking at something like Dune and still, Dune's an IP, but like it, you know, there's not a movie there to grow up the grow the audience off of. It's it's that it's I like don't I don't see since, studios yeah. like greenlighting two hundred million dollar original IPs in it. Like like that is done right now. Like, and I think this Warner Brothers announcement was like, hey, we're we're out of that game at least for right now. Like, unless I, you're I, a
2: superhero I, property. Well, and and, it's, and even and it's, then,
0: and I think Warner Brothers like, hey. If we can do Joker for like seventy million dollars and make the profit we did, that's where we need to be at. We don't need to be doing a two hundred and fifty million dollar Joker movie. And I think you know, I think all like I think Paramount or Universal looking for those you know um, franchises. I don't think they look for them anymore. And they say no, let's let's hem in those budgets. You know, we can still keep making our franchise films, but let's hem in those budgets a little bit. And, you know, start to think of like, yeah, like, do we thro- start to throw some of this stuff onto, you know, onto our streaming services?
1: And, and to your point, and I was just going to say, because think of it like Paramount before, even before the pandemic was in, not in struggling. financial ruin, but they were struggling. Absolutely Especially struggling. since Transformers started going down. Right. right. Yeah. And then Bumblebee kind of kept the doors open a little bit. And then, like I said, Ghost Protocol that came out two years ago, kind of kept the doors open. And now um, it's. Is it? I'm sorry, I feel stupid, but is Top Gun a Paramount film? Of Top Gun Maverick, or is that a Universal? Film? I can't remember Got which it. one.
0: It's, it's, it's one of those studios. It's one but... of the
1: studios, but like you're basically Paramount now, and I hate to say it, Paramount MGM, the power, the old powers that be, are now trying to figure out how they're going to keep themselves afloat because, like we were talking about on Man, Nate Talk Johnny, they're trying to sell James Bond. <laughs> no time to die, and no <laughs> streaming platform has picked up that six hundred million dollar buy that MGM is asking for, for no time to die. And so now you're sitting here, you know, MGM is losing millions of dollars a day. They said a day. That's what they report and saying that they're holding onto this movie and not making money off of it. They've had
0: two ad pushes for a movie that didn't, hasn't come out yet, which is like insane. (laughs) Like back in April, we got the ad push for it. And then it was like when the November, when they were like kind of soft pushing the November release, they were like, started the, like they started pushing the promotion campaign for it again. And you're like, this ain't coming out, guys. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and and yeah, now it's it's in this limbo. It's, you know, and you mentioned Transformers. I think that's a real interesting franchise to see, kind of how the studios judge it. Because yeah, it, it it was a diminishing returns franchise. But like they still made, mo- like they still made. If, you- if they made that movie, they made money—not good money, but they made but, money. See, but crazy
2: if you do is like okay. Travis Knight did, and you right. make That's it for just about a say. lower yeah. budget. You mm-hmm. don't so, do the Bay budget; you do so, the Travis Knight. So I was budget. just gonna
1: say the one that did more financially than the last previous two standalone Transformers films was Bumblebee, because Travis Knight made that film for what I think a hundred million, something like that, and it still made us. It's, it's still like was a big budget but it did it made more ends after with the theaters and the uh, dvd release dates because of driver's night taking the budget and cutting it down a little bit mm-hmm. so with that in mind if you're not and i have to say the big three now which is universal warner brothers or disney you gotta pick and choose your by- your fights you can't you can't say okay now i'm throwing another 200 million dollars at this film you know because unfortunately i hate to say it and I feel like Netflix needs to start worrying themselves even more now because you're not Netflix. You're not Stanley only on a platform now. Now you got to say, okay, I got $200 million, not even $200 million. I got $100 million for one IP, and I need to make it work for the next two to three years. We need a great-ass idea to keep it going. Until then, I'm not giving money to, like you said, a, a new book that just came out and trying to get an IP off of that. I'm not going to do um some old high idea like if they did another he-man or another conan the Barbarian, i don't see them giving that 100 million dollars right now anytime soon right so it's going to be interesting to see how the theaters do that and side note like i was saying with netflix even now netflix is going to have to start figuring out how they're going to make their financial ruins i mean financial profits now because i've been saying this for years and i don't know why people still don't believe me netflix is going to have their bubble burst very soon and i feel like this expedited that process
0: you imagine with Netflix, like eventually, like the curve that they're at in terms of keep adding new subscribers, eventually stops. Like, yes, absolutely. Like they're just going to run out of humans to get on their service. <laughs> you know, and does it just start to be with $2. Netflix? Right, right. Does with Netflix, like, do they start to lock down like the IPs and how many people can sign into an account? I, I do think that that's in our, in our near future. Uh,
1: I, I, I think, hot I take, and I'm saying this now, on <laughs> December 6th of 2020, not December, the 6th of 2020, Netflix eventually, and I know they don't want to, they're eventually going to have to start dropping ads. They're only going to do it like how Hulu does it, <laughs> only at the beginning of the film. But I don't, I, I hate to say it, yeah. Netflix has to start thinking about, an ad market marketplace in their website because... I would say at least probably doing it on their mini series and TV shows. Yes, yes.
2: I don't think they can afford to do it on their movies. No. Uh, But I I could definitely see that and then basically saying like, okay, we just price hiked you on your 4K subscription to 18
0: bucks, but if you don't want ads, (laughs) it's 20 bucks. What's, what's your – what's your uh, sorry, this is a question for maybe another pod, but what's what's your, like, break point on, on Netflix?
1: Uh, 20. 20? That's my break. Yeah. My break is 20.
0: After 20, then, like, do you start to, like,
1: sign it, it, up it, or, it, like, kind of take – deactivate, activate,
0: deactivate, deactivate, activate kind start of thing? Definitely. It, it, uh, start
2: combining memberships and <laughs> – start, like, start
0: hitting up some friends.
2: Yeah, like, hey, let's go in on this together.
1: Because <laughs> – I hate to say it because that's what Netflix's model has to be now because it went from $10 a month, what, almost six years ago? And now we're at $18 a month now, right? And because Netflix is starting to realize, like... I I understand, like, the bandwidth and, you know, now we're getting
2: 4K HDR, Dolby Vision, and you have to, like, kind of accommodate for that. But But also, at the same time, like, are you really putting out enough good quality content Every and week for I think, me to subscribe right. at that cost. And I
1: was going to say, and I think that's where the issue was, because a lot of us, and I'm going to be on for me at least, a lot of us who kept Netflix on was because not only are they getting new to content, I can watch old shit, right? And so, you know, for instance, people are going to get pissed at the end of this year when you can't watch The Office anymore. People were upset when you couldn't watch Friends anymore. You know, these, these guys spent hundreds of millions of dollars on these ips to stay on their platform and i hate to say it that's how they kind of kept the average netflixer on their on their platform now now you're removing and i hate to say it disney is planning on getting all their content off of everybody else's platform and putting it on theirs i don't i'm not gonna be surprised if warner brothers does the exact same thing so now i think netflix is going to start doing even more cancellation of shows to keep themselves afloat so they can start moving around and then ultimately like i said I think they're going to do a $20 model where it's like, yeah, we're putting ads on here. You don't want to see those $20 cap go. And I, I like, I I hate to say that, but I feel like that's, what's going to have to happen. But let me, so let me ask this one last thing for you guys before we head out, because I feel like we're going to, I feel like this is going to be very interesting to see for the next year. Do you see any other movie studio doing this exact same model? If so, what movie studio?
0: I, I'll, I'll say no because nobody has the infrastructure that that AT and, and Warner Brothers have with HBO Max. Like I do think that this is a a bit of a red herring for the industry. Um, again, I look at I just I look at a slate that's kind of weird, and okay. I look at a studio that that has a streaming platform that they need to get those numbers up and had such a horrendous launch that that was that, a terrible launch that HBO Max launch I I uh, how many text <laughs> messages I had to receive about like how do I sign up for this how do I get logged in was was obscene um, so no like I and yeah like with Paramount like Paramount's like trying to figure trying to figure their shit yeah, out right now like, they,
2: they, they don't have a huge IP outside right. of like Mission Impossible right yeah
0: and um and yeah and then Universal like you know Fast I, Universal's, like, very soft with, like, how they're handling Peacock, Peacock Premium. Like, it seems like they're more interested in just kind of this kind of larger picture thing than just, like, focusing on movies. I think this was just a... a, I think this was a unique cost-cutting scheme for Warner Brothers this year. I think Warner Brothers had a horrendous 2020. They literally put out a movie that needed to make a billion dollars. And that movie made $300 maybe. Like they they got to they got to they got to cook the books a little bit and i think i think this, <laughs> this is what they're doing i think doing it's it to for this the slate. shareholders and it's this slate the slate like you look at it and you're like amazing and then you start to break it down and you're like this is a weird slate of movies like i don't know that there's a movie here that's going to make
1: a billion dollars three
0: times its budget yeah um could i ask you guys real quick outside of like the blockbusters on there which are like Dune Matrix
1: 4 Suicide Squad Suicide
0: Squad and Godzilla vs. Kong what's your next then favorite or what's your next most anticipated movie in there
1: Judas and the Black Messiah
0: so you're Judas and the Black Messiah
2: Uh, I'm probably Conjuring Conjuring which I mean I feel like that he probably made that for like 40 50 million Yeah. yeah so Warner Brothers looks at that like uh, we're not we're not losing anything crazy with this. Yeah, and I think a lot of studios are gonna look at places like Blumhouse and start following that more. Such a great and model. And like, hey, we need <laughs> to start doing some like five to twenty million dollar budget movies. and yeah. Just pump them out because we can make them in six to eight weeks and throw them on our platform. Get people subscribed and make money
0: um i'm Agreed. gonna go with uh space jam a new legacy oh can't wait
1: can't wait i have a whole different conversation about space jam <laughs> which that'll be another time at a different date because i have feelings about space jam a new legacy but um one thing i will say those those jerseys lebron will be wearing for the tomb squad <laughs> different different is the word i'd use yeah um also, Johnny, just so we can get like all of my opinions, what what any final thoughts? Do you think any studio would do it? No. Yes.
2: No. I don't think any other studio has the means to do it right now. I think you might see other studios trying to sell their movies to streaming platforms yes. like Apple TV Plus uh, and Netflix, and be basically being like. Yeah. Hey, we 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 spent 150 million dollars on this movie. If we can get some kind of return for it, then, hey, if you want to buy it
1: from us, we will sell it. Okay. And I was gonna say the only, the only, and I mean only company I think has enough firepower or enough buying power to do this is Disney. And the only reason why I think Disney won't even do it they, is because... They want the money. Too right, money. dude, money. like, how much money they lost off of Disneyland and Walt Disney World themselves. How much I mean, money that I they mean, lost... Look at, look at my place. It's all Disney, <laughs> Star Wars... My fiance's ring is like a, 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 a bell. bell. <laughs> and so to your point, like I don't I don't they they don't they don't they, really, don't,
2: they they can wait.
1: Right. They don't they don't have the problems to do that. Like yes, their parks are kind of hindering at this moment and a couple of other things are hindering, but the the IPs are still there. People are still on Disney Plus and they're still gonna make blank and again, how many people are still as as what I know, sorry I'm throwing you out my listeners out there really quick. The people that still want to go watch Black Widow next year, regardless of what the hell happens, is blasphemy to me. And that's why it's like. I don't think Disney has anything to worry about right now. Specifically, I love The Mandalorian, speaking of Star Wars, and how many people still tune in to The Mandalorian every fucking week and blowing up Disney Plus numbers for that is phenomenal. But I don't think any other company will do this. Again, we're recording this on Sunday, December 6th. So we could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think any company will do this again. Now, like you said, there's going to be people like MGM, Paramount, that's going to be like, please take this IP from us. Please put it on your streaming platform. Please, I need money. I need money. <laughs> so, And the mouse is like, I, I got a whole bang. <laughs> and so, like at that point, I, I see this, as you said, as a niche thing. And I was freaking out because I was like, okay, every other studio could follow suit, but no other studio can hurt or can be and there's space to be like, okay. They can't we're,
2: self-sustain. Right.
1: They can't sustain this issue and then continue to go, like, live on. Right? So, I, I, I hate to say it. This is a one-off thing. Could be wrong. But for now, I say that that's a, the case. It's a one-off thing for now. <laughs> <laughs> for now. Um, but with that being said, uh, I want to just say, again, guys, thank you for bringing me on. It was a pleasure. Um, hopefully... We won't have to do no emergency broadcast like this again for movie theaters just for now. Um, But really quick, just down the line, Brett or Johnny, whoever wants to go first. What have you guys been doing lately? Is there anything else that you guys are doing um, on your podcast or anything in life in general? Uh, I I mean, I
2: I got engaged. uh, Also, I forgot to say that
1: on the podcast. Congratulations. Yes.
2: so That was new. That's new. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, no, I mean, you can find Johnny, myself on if the armchair fits, uh, when we get episodes rolling, probably get a Fincher episode here coming up soon. You know, I think, I think all of us want to start talking about Oscars soon. I think we're, we're, we're in the season. That's not really the season. It's the, it's the preseason of the season since the season is, uh, extended this year. Um, I think we all kind of treat that like a, like a sporting event.
1: (laughs) Mm Um, it's my second Super Bowl,
0: and yeah, I guess we're all just. Stand at home watching movies for 2021.
1: That's literally what we'll be doing for the next year yeah. or so. Who,
2: who knows
0: when a wedding will happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With that being said, thanks guys for coming on. Like Brett said, you can watch listen to both of them on the Yard Chair Fits. I'm a guest every once in a while. Yeah, you ain't gonna find me there that often. But there is a most recent episode where we did the Halloween Fab Five or Fab Ten. I would call them Fab yeah. Ten. So definitely check that out. That'll be in the description in the podcast johnny and i also do the matinee talk we'll have a episode on there as well Brett actually we'll be a guest on that show on that episode as well it'll be coming out before this episode but i'll still put it in the link also but without further ado guys thank you thank you for being on here thank you for letting us rant about the movies and uh we'll catch you guys next time thank you again